This is KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC, Camino. Today is Wednesday, December 1st, 2021. It's 6 p.m., and it's time now for the evening news. I'm Claudio Mendoza. Today, the U.S. Supreme Court heard oral arguments in a case that could lead to the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Although our state has some of the nation's most liberal abortion laws, that doesn't mean that the procedure is easy to get, particularly in rural communities. Today on the California Report, KQED's Katie Orr explores some of the challenges that women in these areas face. After regional headlines and weather, Nevada City Chamber of Commerce Executive Director Stuart Baker talks to Felton Pruitt about Victorian Christmas. We close tonight with a commentary by Chaplain Norris Burks. This is the California Report. I'm Alex Hall in San Francisco. Today, the U.S. Supreme Court will hear oral arguments in a case that could overturn Roe v. Wade, which guarantees a woman's right to an abortion. Here in California, abortion laws are among the most progressive in the country. But that doesn't mean it's always easy to get an abortion here, especially if you live in a rural area. KQED's Katie Orr visited a clinic in Chico to learn more about the challenges women in those areas face. When Laura Morehouse needed an abortion about 10 years ago, she struggled to find the care she needed. At the time, Morehouse lived in the San Francisco Bay Area. Now she's the director's assistant at the Women's Health Specialist Clinic in Chico. And she deeply relates to patients who might face even more challenges than she did. My abortion was going to cost me around $1,000. I made a minimum wage at the time. I worked part-time as a cashier. So that was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. One analysis found in 2017, 40% of California counties had no clinics that provided abortions, affecting 3% of California women. NARAL Pro-Choice California Director Shannon Olivieri-Hovis points out, in a state with nearly 40 million people, that represents hundreds of thousands of women. She says it can be a struggle to provide those patients with care. These are single parents. These are young people. These are people who have minimum wage jobs. They can't afford to take time off. They can't afford additional child care. They can't afford the gas. These are people who have to travel two, three hours Mm -hmm. one way. Women's Health Specialist Executive Director Katrina Cantrell knows safety is a concern for providers. She oversees the clinic in Chico, as well as their locations in Redding and Grass Valley. She says the community disapproval of abortion in rural areas drives providers away. A lot of times the clinics are staffed by people coming in from our urban centers. And that is for a variety of reasons. There's existing stigma in the community. Providers don't necessarily feel safe. The threats aren't just theoretical. In the early 1990s, Cantrell's clinics in Redding, Chico, and a now-closed location in Sacramento faced arson and acid attacks. We have not, in our 45 years, really managed to have local providers. No local physician wants to remain in the community. It was just for so long, literally, physically hostile. But despite struggles with transportation, time, costs, not to mention wildfires and a global pandemic, women continue to seek out abortion care. They come from California, but also from Oregon and Nevada. 
Clinic staff were vague about how many abortions they perform, but Health Services Director Cindy Zong says they work to treat everyone who needs help. We continue to have protesters who harass, intimidate, and threaten at our sites on abortion clinic days. With the U.S. Supreme Court hearing arguments in a case that could overturn Roe versus Wade, Cantrell and her staff say they're ready to help any woman, no matter where they're from. But, she points out, traveling out of state for several days will not be possible for a lot of patients. She says what they really need is safe, reliable care where they live. We take as much as we can. If they are at the limit, we get them in because we are not to be the one to delay the care. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. California's ban on large-capacity ammunition magazines was upheld by the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals Tuesday. The court found the law does not outlaw any weapon or interfere with the right to self-defense, and it has been shown to save lives. The decision overturns a previous panel that ruled the ban on magazines holding more than 10 bullets violated the Second Amendment. Gun owners' groups are expected to appeal yesterday's ruling to the U.S. Supreme Court. Los Angeles has become the latest city to pass a ban on ghost guns. The legislation prohibits the possession, sale, or purchase of the weapons. Ghost guns are often made from build-it-yourself kits and are untraceable because the parts used to make them lack serial numbers. Back in October, the Los Angeles Police Department said the number of ghost guns it seized had increased by 400 percent since 2017 calling it an epidemic. The LAPD says the guns are being used more and more often to commit violent crimes in the city. The cities of San Francisco and San Diego have already passed similar legislation. California's Sierra Nevada region has been known for being a winter wonderland in the coldest months, but a new study shows the Sierra snowpack could all but disappear in just 25 years. As KCRW's Tara Atrion reports, that could have massive consequences in the Golden State. The study out of the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory found that increasingly warm temperatures could mean little to no snow by the late 2040s, and that snowfall could be replaced by rain instead. While the Sierra snowpack in the region's snow season has already shrunk in recent decades, their complete disappearance could change life in California as we know it. The Sierra snowpack is responsible for creating critical spring and summer melt-offs that provide much of our water supply and nourishes plants and animals. And if snow in the region warms into rain instead, it would be crushing to the local ski industry. Already this year, several resorts have had to push back their opening dates due to the significantly warm temperatures and lack of snow. To make up for the shrinking water supply, some experts suggest California construct new reservoirs to capture more water in the winter, which can cost billions of dollars. Other proposals include storing more water in underground aquifers across the state. For the California Report, I'm Tara Atrion in Los Angeles. Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com. 
and Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, December 1st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Alex Hall in San Francisco. Reuters is reporting today that the first known U.S. Omicron case has been detected here in California. The variant was discovered in a fully vaccinated patient who traveled to South Africa as scientists continue to study the risks that the new COVID variant could pose. The Los Angeles Times reports, however, that officials say that they don't think they'll need to implement significant new restrictions, saying travel plans can be pursued and policies already in place around masks and vaccine verification are the best path for combating the new strain of this coronavirus. Officials are quick to note that the state of the pandemic is much different this year, given the ample supply and availability of vaccines, which are expected to provide at least some degree of protection against Omicron, particularly against severe illness and death. In a briefing today, after the first case of the Omicron variant was reported in California, Governor Gavin Newsom said that there was no reason to assume that future lockdowns were in store for the Golden State. Quote, I see no indication at this moment whatsoever that that's in our immediate future as long as we continue our nation-leading efforts, the governor said, noting that residents' decisions will, quote, determine our fate and future. In a joint statement, the California and San Francisco Departments of Public Health said vigilance against the variant is necessary, but its arrival in the state is not a cause for panic. Quote, we recognize that everyone is exhausted and the news of a new variant can be overwhelming, but it's important that we collectively focus on the things we know prevent the spread of COVID-19 and its variants. Individuals should get vaccinated and boosted, wear masks indoors, get tested if they have symptoms, and stay home if they're sick. Locally, Nevada County Public Health Officer Dr. Scott Kellerman echoed that advice, adding that home tests are a valuable tool in the fight against the virus. You know, regardless of the Omicron being out there, um, there's still we have a lot of viral transmission. And here we have these gatherings coming up, a lot of Christmas gatherings, uh, Victoria and Christmas. It was a Hanukkah gathering last night. So you know, people have been asking, should I wear a mask outside? Uh, if you can't have six foot distancing, certainly. If you're visiting uh, relatives and you have a cold, if you're sick, don't go. It's real simple. If you do go and you're feeling good and somebody, uh, a loved one that is perhaps older, or somehow immunocompromised, test. Uh, See if you can get a test from either Amazon or one of the local pharmacies and just test yourself. Uh, The antigen tests are are good. If you have a virus, um, more than likely they're going to detect it. And then, of course, be immunized. We still have a segment of this population that's unimmunized. And so we certainly encourage that's our primary defense is immunization. And then if you are over 18 and you're two months out from the Johnson & Johnson, get boosted. And if you're six months out from Moderna or Pfizer, get boosted. The availability is there. You can make an easy appointment easily through my turn, or there's even walk-in at the pharmacies um, to get boosted. And so we have a layered approach. This is no different with Omicron. It hasn't changed our, our messaging. 
immunizations, uh, masking, distancing, hand washing, and, and then testing. And if we do that, we'll do everything the public health has recommended to help prevent the spread of this virus. And that's what we want. You know, you can protect yourself, but also immunization and boosting and all that. And, um, and masking helps prevent it spread to the folks that you're going to be spending time with during this holiday season. Dr. Glenna Trochet, Nevada County's Deputy Public Health Officer, emphasized that we are all in this together and that being vaccinated and wearing masks helps protect the entire community. Regardless of how infectious or how virulent this new variant or any other new variant turns out to be, we already know how to protect ourselves. Wearing a mask when you're in public, places indoors especially, but outdoors also if you can't keep distance, uh, staying home when you're sick, testing, and if you test positive, stay home, isolate, notify your contacts so that they can protect themselves too. Uh, it is really clear that we're all in this together and we really need to protect each other, not just think of ourselves. Nevada County reported 12 new confirmed COVID-19 cases today. 197 cases are active, 11 are hospitalized. Turning now to the weather, Nevada County and the surrounding region continues to experience unseasonably warm weather. In Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight will be clear with a low around 49 degrees. Tomorrow will be sunny and beautiful with a high near 70. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight mostly clear with a low around 28 degrees. Tomorrow will also be sunny with a high near 61. And in Sacramento and the Valley, tonight, patchy dense fog after 11 p.m., otherwise mostly clear with a low around 43. Tomorrow will bring more fog before 11 a.m., otherwise it'll be mostly sunny with a high near 96. Victorian Christmas returns this year, complete with a shuttle service from the Rood Center to the bottom of Broad Street. Let's listen as Nevada City Chamber of Commerce Executive Director Stuart Baker gives Felton Pruitt the details. We're talking with Stuart Baker. He's the Executive Director of the Nevada City Chamber of Commerce. Stuart, we're finally getting around to the holidays and getting back to, I guess, normal because we're going to have Victorian Christmas this Sunday in downtown Nevada City. Yes, and we are thrilled, and we're going to have it on four days afterwards, the 8th, the 15th for Wednesday nights, and then Sundays the 5th, the 12th, and the 19th. So just like the old days. It's always a great place to get your Christmas presents and do your shopping, too, and meet friends. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a couple of new things happening this year, which we're really excited about. The Dickens Village is going to be in the Alpha Building. So in years past, we had we had this really beautiful display of a tiny village. And in years past, we had a sample in every window. And this year, we've decided to collect them all together and put them in the window at the Alpha Building. And it's a really spectacular display. So definitely, when, when you go down Broad Street, that's uh, definitely cannot miss activity. Now, this is, of course, going on throughout December. And sometimes, you know, in the old days, there's been snow, there's been all sorts of interesting weather. On Sunday, it's supposed to be 64 degrees and sunny. I know. (laughs) We're controlling a lot in putting this event together, but the weather is definitely out of our control, unfortunately. 
One other change to note, too, that's something that we can't control, is the shuttle service that's going from the Root Center. Previously, it used to stop at the top of Broad Street, and that was a little problematic for some folks. And now we're going to be having the shuttle go from the Root Center down to the DA building, which is in front of Robinson Plaza. So that puts people right at the entrance at the bottom of Broad Street. Uh, that'll be an, an easy place for them to then uh, go and attend the event. So um, look forward to, for that change. So, Stuart, tell people a little bit about what they can expect walking down Broad Street on Sunday when they come out to Victorian Christmas. Well, they're going to see a lot of vendors, which we're really excited about because we weren't sure with the pandemic how many folks were still around doing the crafts, etc. So it'll be full up stalls all up and down Broad Street. There's also going to be food vendors as well. And a nice note with the greenery, we had a guy, uh, his name is Roger Rawlings, and he did all the greenery, the bows of uh, Ponderosa Pines for 45 years. And he finally, at 83, decided he was going to retire. Um, so what Roger did, though, beforehand, he said, I'm willing to train a group of folks to, to take the work over from me. And we found a Boy Scout troop 24 in Nevada City that was willing to take that on. And now they're making it as a fundraiser. So he worked with them. And then we had another group of volunteers put up all the greenery. So that's something to think about when you're walking down and looking at all the, the Christmas festivities. What are the hours for Victorian Christmas this Sunday? On Sundays, it's from 1.30 to 6 p.m. And from Wednesdays, it's from 5 to 9 p.m. in the evening. Well, we've been talking with Stuart Baker, the Executive Director of the Nevada City Chamber of Commerce. Victorian Christmas coming finally. Uh, I guess lockdown is over and we get to celebrate with our friends the holidays. Anything else going on in Nevada City you got to let people know about real quick? We're seeing a lot of new food entities open up, which we're really excited about. Uh, Fable Coffee is opening up this week in the old city council space at Pine and Broad Street. So look for that. And uh, there are a couple more in the works coming in early 2022. Yeah, I saw, what was it, Hartwood expanded too. Yes, and Hartwood actually is getting a annex, which has a ramen offering. So if you're in the mood for a nice bowl of, of hot ramen, definitely head over in the next couple of weeks to Hartwood and try that out. We're talking with Stuart Baker from the Nevada City Chamber of Commerce. If people need to get a hold of the chamber or go to a website, what would that be? You can go to nevadacitychamber.com or give us a call at 530-265-2692. That's Stuart Baker from the Nevada City Chamber of Commerce. Thanks for all the info. Great. Thanks, Felton. Finally, we close with a commentary by Norris Burks about restoration. The large rectangular box my wife Becky placed under our Christmas tree many years ago gave me hope. I hoped so much that it might be the video console game I wanted. I even suggested that she collude with her family to cobble the funds together to bring me this Christmas joy. Finally, Christmas morning arrived. Surrounded by a room full of in-laws, I unwrapped the present and was instantly speechless. The box contained a case. From that case, I pulled a well-worn second-hand trumpet. No, Becky's gift wasn't a suggestion that I learn to play the instrument. 
I'd tooted my own horn for many years, and Becky had heard me play the trumpet many times. Through her earplugs, she knew I was no Louis Armstrong, hence the big surprise. So why did she buy a trumpet? Because she knew my history. She knew that, like a lot of boomers, my parents gave their children musical instruments, a clarinet for my brother, piano lessons for my sister, and a trumpet for me. At 10 years old, I was relegated to the garage where I practiced for hours learning to sit straight, purse my lips, and blow with everything I had. I put a lot of spit into that horn, playing for school Christmas recitals, church pageants, and marching across the football field with my high school band. In college, the trumpet lived mostly in the closet, but occasionally I took it out to play Silent Night in church programs or taps on Memorial Day. Becky and I married after college, but I continued to play my trumpet now and again. I played it right up to the night it was stolen in a church break-in where I was the student pastor. When it was taken, I told Becky that the theft didn't matter. My musical interests had been waning for some time. I would never miss it. I'm so over the trumpet, I claimed. I'm studying to become a pastor, and pastors play the guitar. For a few years, I kept insisting that the theft was inconsequential, and I didn't need a replacement. So, if that was true, why did I cry? Why did I cry the moment I pressed her gift to my lips? Because my wife had just proved the adage about gift-giving. It's the thought that counts. Becky saw through my denial. She saw how the thieves took a part of my childhood, my memories, and my family tradition. The old trumpet wasn't something I wanted at all, but Becky knew it was something I needed. So she combined funds from her family, and she shopped all the secondhand music stores until she found the perfect instrument. Then she haggled to purchase the splotchy old trumpet in hopes it would mend the pain of her husband's loss. This year, if you don't know what to get someone for Christmas, you might want to follow Becky's example. Look around for what's missing. Restore what's been taken. And give someone something they didn't know they want. Until they do. After all, isn't that the Christmas story? The views expressed on this show are those of the speakers only and are not necessarily those of KVMR, our board, staff, volunteers, or contributors. That's our newscast for this first day of December, 2021. KVMR gets support from listeners just like you and from the Nevada City Chamber of Commerce, presenting Victorian Christmas in downtown Nevada City, Sundays and Wednesdays, now through December 19th, offering vendors, artisans, carolers, and traditional festivities such as Father Christmas and the Walking Christmas Tree. NevadaCityChamber.com and Sierra View Medical Eye Incorporated serving Nevada County's eye care needs since 1965. Providing optical services, cataract and glaucoma evaluations, also treating diseases of the eye. Sierra College Drive, Grass Valley. SVME2020.com The KVMR Evening News airs Monday through Friday from 6 to 6.30 and can be heard over the air, on our website, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Up ahead on The Sages Among Us, Lori Burkhart Frank will interview Nevada County Search and Rescue and community volunteer Scott Beasley. And then at 7 p.m., we bring you Democracy Now! 8 p.m. brings us Celtic Cadence with Annie O'Day Hestbeck. Thank you very much for listening and for your generous support on Black Friday. I'm Claudio Mendoza. Be safe, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.